This is RV on Business. Wayne McCurry from FMB. Welcome back to High FM. Yes, thank you, RV. Great. Wayne, as usual, I turn to you just to get a global view, a quick look as to where we stand in the world. We are emerging. Life is returning to normality. Yes. The, the destruction has been absolutely catastrophic. I know as a financial planner, the trauma that clients have gone through, the trauma that myself and staff have gone through with clients being ill, clients passing away, clients losing their jobs, it's just been just indescribable. But we seem to be on the cusp of going on to the other side. Have I summed it up correctly? Yes, the actual economy doesn't look too bad. We upped our economic growth forecast for this year quite significantly a couple of days ago. So we thought we were going to grow at 4.2%, and we've actually upped it to 4.7%. And this is with the riots and with all the unrest and everything like that thrown into the pot. So, yes, we are emerging from that. And as we've spoken about on a few occasions, it's not a shortage of vaccines that's holding up vaccination now. There's actually other issues involved. Quite honestly, we're swimming in vaccines. There's no shortage of vaccines anywhere. And I watched the news this morning saying that even though it's not the same as a vaccine and it's not as effective as a vaccine, you know, in the not-too-distant future, you'll take a pill if you catch the COVID and it halves your chances of getting ill or going to hospital. So, yes, we're returning to normal. I mean, yeah, in South Africa tonight, uh, Bafana Bafana are playing soccer. And although it's a limited number, 2,000 or 5,000, there's actually uh, fans allowed back into the stadium to watch sports. So by the end of this year, I mean, we're off the red list in the UK. I can go visit my children in the UK now with no quarantine. So, yes, we are getting significantly better and we are coming out at long last out of the COVID. The interesting thing, there's a whole new dynamic developing now that if you're not vaccinated by the end of this year, you won't be able to do anything. Absolutely. I mean, there's a company, his name we won't mention, that we both know very well, that has told employees, if you're not vaccinated by the February yes. next year, your job is uncertain. And this um, will be the norm for everyone. This this is not this is not abnormal. This will be the norm. You won't be allowed into a restaurant. Your vaccination certificate is going to become more important than your ID or your driver's license. You won't be allowed into work. You won't be allowed into restaurants. You might not even be allowed into public spaces, shopping centres. You won't be allowed into sports stadiums, any mass events, uh, any cultural event, church. You won't be allowed into it unless you've got this vaccination certificate. So it's going to as I said, it's going to become more important than your ID or your driver's license. And, you know, a lot of people are against it and a lot of people are worried about it. But, you know, it's, it's very similar to smoking. If the majority of people uh, are vaccinated, then the majority will rule. I mean, if you're a smoker, I'm a smoker. You can't go into a restaurant and smoke now. You can't go into many places and smoke now. So this will be very, very similar to vaccination. Um, if you're not vaccinated, you're going to have to stay at home. That's as simple as that. And let's take the emotion out of it. The bottom line is that I know where I'm sitting right now to get what they call your green pass is the easiest thing in the world. Simply log on. It's in English. You get it. Yes. It's, it's, it's monkey see, monkey do. I've got do, that now as well. I've got an SMS. I can just I'll just push the link, put in my name, got an electronic printout, an electronic vaccination certificate. So it was quite simple, yes. And I was about to say, it's exactly what's happening now in South Africa. It's easier. It's available. So, yes, Wayne, you know, that is something you've been consistent about, and I've been spreading that gospel, so to speak, 
that the vaccines are available. We're just going to get out there. We're just going to get them done. There's another sort of dark cloud looming on the horizon. What on earth is going on with energy? Energy seems to be a bit of a crisis. China's having a hassle. I heard in England they're running out of fuel. I thought only stuff like that happens in South Africa, um, which it clearly doesn't. So all those doomed prophets, the rest of the world suffers from things also. What is going on? A combination of things. First of all, there are some supply chain issues. Now, whether that was brought about by COVID or whether that was brought about in the UK specifically because of Brexit, they just haven't got enough truck drivers. So that's the, that's the first reason, but that's temporary. That can change. The second reason and the biggest reason, and yeah, I'm going to put oil aside. I'm going to talk natural gas in particular, but it is still relevant for oil because of the move to clean energy. No one has been prepared to invest in fossil energy for the last five years. People say, listen, I'm not going to invest three billion dollars into a new oil field where in 15 or 20 years' time, the demand for oil could be half of what it is now. So in other words, no one's put money into a new oil field infrastructure, distribution infrastructure. No one's put up a new garage. No one's invested in a new refinery because ultimately in 20 years' time, the demand for oil will be half of what it is now. But in the interim, we still need oil. I mean, oil consumption will actually only peak in about four years' time. So the the rate of growth is slowing every, every year as you get wind, as you get solar, as you get electric. It's still growing. So the world needs energy and there hasn't been enough investment because of this green energy, the commodity companies haven't invested at all. That's the problem with energy. Luckily enough, there's no shortage of oil at the moment. Oil is artificially engineered by OPEC+. Plus. Saudi Arabia by itself has got enough spare capacity at the moment to probably supply any deficit that's in the market and probably any growth for the next five years. I mean, Saudi Arabia has probably got 7 million barrels, 8 million barrels spare capacity, and that's enough for growth for oil consumption for the next two or three years. So the oil price is engineered by OPEC+, Plus, and hopefully they change their mind because, surprising enough, a high oil price doesn't suit them because the higher the oil price is and the more shortage there is, it will just hasten the move to electric and clean. So I, I don't think they want a $90 oil I think they want a $60 oil because they all make money at $50 plus. So I, I think, I don't think OPEC plus Russia, I don't think they want a, oil, a high oil price because it, it will simply accelerate the move. Now, I mean, if you, uh, if you're driving an internal combustion engine motor car and the price of petrol goes through the roof, which I mean, in South Africa, the price of petrol costs you a thousand three hundred rand to fill your tank nowadays. You say, no, 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 my next car is electric because I'm, I'm just, I can't stand this. You know, so I think the oil price will come down because there's no shortage of oil. There is, however, a shortage of natural gas. And that's why we've seen natural gas prices go up 200, 300, 500% in Europe. And there is definitively a shortage of coal. There's no shortage of coal in the ground, but there's been such a starvation of capital, uh, get new coal deposits and get more coal out of the ground because of this move to green energy that the coal shortage is going to take a little bit longer to sort out. But then again, it's so funny, Anglo-American unbundles their coal interests 
And I think it's one of the best performing shares on the market because of this coal shortage. I think we're going to see an oil price closer to 60 by the end of the year. So I don't think that this is going to last. However, if I'm wrong, these higher oil prices and energy prices are a major threat to inflation or to higher inflation. And higher inflation is a major threat to the stock market. Wayne, just before we go there, just interesting here where I live in Israel, what we are seeing more and more on an almost daily basis is the Tesla vehicle. Uh, You know, you saw one or two of them maybe a year ago. All of a sudden, they are an absolute regular feature. Um, Hyundai has brought out a a vehicle in competition with the Tesla over here, where it's got a built-in solar panel in the roof. So yeah. instead of having to run around looking to charge all the time, it's sort of self-generating. And it's yeah. just amazing to see the move that the Toyota hybrid, the MG yeah. that's fully electric, the Volvo that's hybrid. They're still electric, so cars have, yeah, electric cars have still got two problems that they've got to solve before they truly take over. The one problem is sheer cost. They're expensive. You can get an equally performing internal combustion engine, uh, engine motor car, significantly cheaper. Now, the electric price, electric car prices are coming down, so eventually they will be comparable. The second problem they've got to solve is that their own technological advances are actually detrimental to the car itself because who's going to buy a car now? Well, certainly from my viewpoint, who's going to buy a car now 50% more expensive than an internal, comparable internal combustion car? And in three years' time, that car you buy will be totally and utterly obsolete because there'll be so many more technical advances, especially in batteries. So I think it's another three, four, five, six years until, let's say, the electric vehicles hit a plateau where you know, well, my car in three years' time, someone will still want to buy it for me. It won't be obsolete. Whereas if you buy an internal combustion car, in three years' time, your car might only be worth half of what you paid for it, but it's not obsolete. You know, so I think, and we'll all get there. I mean, electric vehicles, at the moment, there's 100 million new cars sold each year. At the moment, there's about 2 million of that's electric. There's 1.3 billion cars on the roads. So even if every new vehicle sold is electric in five years' time, there's still another five or ten years before, you know, those other internal combustion engines are, you know, put out to pasture, put out to rust. In other words, we need oil for at least the next 10, 15 years. You know, Wayne, just to put things in perspective, I was just thinking as you're talking of an analogy about technology not becoming obsolete. And if you take the iPhone, for example, when the first iPhone came out, it was revolutionary. And then the second and the third. But if you look over the last three or four years, you can still use an iPhone that's four years old. It might not be. Yeah, Exactly. And then I was looking at the latest uh, releases of the iPhone and the iWatch. They're all variations of a theme. Yes. There's nothing there that's wow. Just, just on that, I can remember my first cell phone was a Panasonic. It was the size of a brick. And their <laughs> great selling point was you get 20 minutes talk time without recharging. Now, it took 10 years for battery technology in cell phones and the whole system to catch up where it almost doesn't matter which phone you buy now you know, you're going to get at least three, four hours of use or a day's use or two days use. In other words, the, the, the usage of cell phones now has reached some sort of plateau. You know, that old Panasonic now, you know, it, it was obsolete. 
and unfortunately, I think electric cars are still in that exceptional growth phase where the technology is growing so massively that there's a very real possibility that 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 the expensive car you're buying today will literally be obsolete by all the techni- technological advancements in motor cars. But of course, you know, the real true problem with electric vehicles is not the electric, not the battery. It's not the engine. It's the battery. Because yes. battery technology is virtually unchanged in a hundred years. And it is virtually unchanged. I know a lot of people will argue with me, but you know, when you think of where airplanes were a hundred years ago, you know, it was one person flying 200 meters and where motor cars were a hundred years ago, batteries are not that different to what they were a hundred years ago, especially in relation to charge times. So that's still the next major leap is you got to be able to charge your battery in a comparable time to filling up your car with petrol for electric vehicles to become truly competitive. A hundred percent. Wayne, we're out of time, but I just quickly need to squeeze in because everybody is asking the RAND. Where do you see the RAND moving to the dollar, to the euro, to the pound in the next two, three months? I think the RAND is going to weaken. The commodity cycle is turning against commodity producing countries. I think most of the fall in commodities prices are over, by the way. So like PGMs, iron ore, I think the big fall has happened, but there's probably a little bit more to come. And specifically on the RAND, we caught with falling PGM and falling iron ore prices in a rising oil price environment, which is extremely poor, bad for our balance of payments. I mean, we had the most record balance of payments in June or July that what we have ever seen. I mean, hundreds of billions positive. That is reversing. So I think the RAND's going to, let's call it 16 by the end of the year, but I do not see a collapse. And then actually I see some stabilization, and maybe over the next two years the commodity cycle might improve because no one's put CapEx in and there's still demand. So I see the RAND going to 16 and then maybe some stability and even strength. I do not foresee a RAND collapse. The, the, The downturn in the commodity cycle is going to be more muted than what we've had in the past. Fantastic. Wayne, as always, thank you, and thank you for coming on and putting things so concisely. Thanks, look after yourself, and be well. Thank you. Thanks, Avi. Thanks, everyone. Great. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for a great show, Craig. Thanks for pushing the buttons. We will speak to you next week.